0: Hello and welcome to the Fool's Gambit podcast, the podcast where I sit down with your favourite streamers, we speak about their early gaming memories, their entry into streaming, their plans for the future, but most importantly, what they've learnt along the way. For those who don't know, I'm Gambit, I'm a streamer on Twitch myself, all my links are down in the description. I want to thank you so much once again for being here, and without further ado, let's jump right into it. So then... I'm very fortunate today to be joined by a friend of mine who I met for the realms of, was it TikTok, Cass?
1: Yes. I was believe it was, it it was TikTok? TikTok, yes.
0: It was. And from that moment, we've been pals ever since. And I'm joined by Castle Man. How, Cass, are you there, Cass? How are I you I am today?
1: here. I'm doing pretty good. How are you?
0: I'm good. Thank you for joining me. Obviously, very excited because I figured that we have a lot to talk about and I find and... The stuff that I know about you already is very interesting, so I'm keen to kind of uh, find out a little bit more and just kind of see where it takes us. Um, So what have you been up to this this past couple of weeks? What have you been doing?
1: The past couple of weeks have Mm -hmm. honestly been kind of busy. I um, have been getting more music gigs lately and preparing Mm -hmm. for those, as well as been ramping up my streaming and kind of uh, really focusing on a lot of Fortnite content lately and pushing youtube videos out and just yeah just trying to enjoy life nice you know?
0: with yourself you are obviously just a streamer you have many many arms of content and you do Truly. many many things tell us a little bit more about outside of streaming what is it that you actually do on a day-to-day basis
1: there are lots of things um so i guess the main thing is i am a uh, a video editor editor technically kind Mm of i work for a media production company um doing some video editing and my role has kind of changed the last little bit and i've been focusing more on social media and website development and that -hmm. kind of stuff as well so that's kind of like my day job that's what i do nine to five during the day but then in the evenings i just become a multitude of things I am a bass player. I went to school for music and studied uh, jazz, bass, and also music production. Uh, so I also perform a lot as a bass player. Mm-hmm. And I run uh, backing tracks for a lot of artists and like play synth and playback mm-hmm. and stuff. And it's kind of a pretty big role. Uh, I guess it's the official name is music director kind of. Mm-hmm. You know, helping to shape the show and just make sure everything's working well. And yeah, Mm -hmm. that's part of what I do. And then I stream and make, you know, tech YouTube videos. And, you know, yeah, that's it's those are the main things, I guess.
0: All in all, a creative soul, I guess, from um, from many, many ways, because obviously I uh, the first thing that I did notice was obviously the insane subduction value. But I didn't know that that you're so musically inclined. And that also means obviously that you are a gamer. Tell us a little bit about earliest gaming memories, whether that be a game, it could be a console, it could be playing games with a certain person. But just give us just give us a background into your early life.
1: Early life as a gamer. Let's mm-hmm. see. I think my probably my earliest memory mm-hmm. as a gamer was when I was probably around three years old. My okay. uh I grew up with I have three siblings two of them are older and one of them's younger and i always grew up around my older sister who was really into video games she pretty much had every console i could think of always had every console and i loved playing them all the time like that's kind of how i got into video games but my my first memory would probably be playing the lion king and aladdin on super nintendo
0: yeah yeah okay
1: that game has a special place in my heart. Even though when I was that young, I could never get past the second level.
0: Is that when you ask the older sibling to get you along, and then because I feel like every person did that, right? If you had like an older sibling, if it's a bit that you couldn't do, you'd probably go and ask them for their
1: expert, sometimes, you know, expert sometimes.
0: skills. Okay, not always. I think always. it was like you know,
1: like I, that kind of game is like you had three lives or something, and then once you died, you it, like there was no save points. You just went right back to the start. So I just kept replaying the first level and a half. And <laughs> I really enjoyed it.
0: Hmm. It's crazy how, obviously, any game comes out, whether that, that be single player or whatever. Within, we're talking a case of two or three days, there's a full guide and walkthrough. There's a trophy guide. There's everything that you could ever need. Whereas back 10, 20 years ago, there was actually none of that. It's a case of, here's the game. Um, I figure it out. If you can't do it, ask, you know, tell someone who cares because (laughs) you know like things were a lot more hardcore but back then but that was like a very much a um a side-scrolling platformer right with like yeah and animations that had about three frames exactly and it looked proper janky yeah
1: it's great games they have a remake of it and i haven't played it yet but i are like a a remaster for the nintendo switch and yeah I, i don't know if it's exactly a remaster but they they like ported it onto the Switch and it's like you can buy it in a combo of Lion King, Aladdin, and the Jungle Book, I think.
0: That's really cool. Is that like part of the Switch online membership
1: thing? No, it's not. It's actually like a game you can like physically buy and stuff. I don't know exactly how much it is. I think it's it's like com- so like in Canadian dollars, I guess mm-hmm. normal games are around eighty and that one was probably like forty or fifty. So okay. I don't know what that is in pounds probably. But yeah. Awesome,
0: and you mentioned that you're also a big Fortnite player. You've been playing a lot of Fortnite recently, Mm -hmm. and that's kind of been a cornerstone of your gaming and streaming thing, right?
1: It has lately. It's funny because it it didn't start out that way. Um, I only I only play Fortnite casually. I mean, it's still technically casual. I'm not like playing competitive or anything, but like I would mm -hmm. play it very rarely uh, with groups of friends because it was free and it was one of the only games that a lot of people could play um, and had access to because it was cross-platform and all this other stuff. And, you know, I wasn't s- huge into it. And then Spider-Man was in the game. And mm, I'm a big spider <laughs> yeah, Which was all, all it, it took. Yeah, that's all it took. And that yeah. that's kind of what got me into the game. And now I... I the other day, my partner was actually like you're a Fortnite streamer now. Like, you <laughs> rarely play anything else. And I was like, oh, wow. Because I, I started playing... I think the first game I ever streamed was Animal Crossing. Um, mm-hmm. The New Horizons, of course. Yeah, yeah. And that was July of 2020, I think, was when I first started streaming. And mm-hmm. then I, I played various other games uh, for PlayStation and Switch because I didn't have mm-hmm. a PC until a couple months ago. And yeah, now, now I play Fortnite and... Try and throw in some other streams here and there because I know you know not everyone is into Fortnite. So
0: we're well, not it. I'm assuming that was towards the start of the pandemic. You you're sort of part of the wave that obviously that got involved with that, and that became a lot of people's everyday ritual, right? To, yeah, to the flowers yeah. It, and to it did. check the stocks of the um, the, I don't know too much about the it. Turnips. But the like turnips. Turnips. That's the one. Is that how you kind of made a lot of your money? Would you just like flip turnips? Was the other oh, yeah. um, schemes to, to kind of make money as well?
1: The turnips, honestly, I I was big into the turnip stocks for a while. I would like go to random people's islands <laughs> just to sell my turnips.
0: Wait, you can do that? Can you really? Yeah, you can do that. How do you? How do you know though? Like, uh, got so the there's like working? there's like
1: different forms that or like websites and stuff that people can post what their turnips are selling for that day and then they can charge you to come on their island so they end up making money off of you because they're like okay my turnips are selling for 600 bells each and it's going to cost you like 10,000 bells to come on my island or like you have to get real money for a second no 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 no, not real money not real money
0: played a little bit but then i didn't really play it to excess in the way that some did that does actually ring a bell okay a site where you go on and then you'd be like in a queue right and then it'd be your turn Mm -hmm. then you'd they'd send you their dodo code and then you'd obviously go to their island right
1: exactly that's pretty much how it went
0: we go from that to fortnite which is quite a transition but it is i guess a game that is super popular and is free to play is always going to be appealing, right? Especially something as fun as that.
1: It's a scary experience for me. I, I'm not a builder. And so I think the zero build mode has really helped a lot of people come back to the game and made it a lot mm-hmm. more fun for people because yeah. it's more of an even playing ground and they've added a lot of things into the game that makes it really, really fun. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's great.
0: It's pretty scary how, just how far the game has come, right? It's, it's turned into obviously almost like a brand in itself and the amount of collaborations that are in the game from pop culture is silly right
1: i know it's like you see darth vader like doing a tiktok dance (laughs) and you're like
0: what am i uh, am i awake (laughs) (laughs) is this real
1: yeah it's awesome (laughs) though i i love like you know Fortnite's definitely like doing things that no other game I think is really doing at this point and it's kind mm. of what's keeping them relevant and what's keeping I mean I mean it's an awesome game they're always changing things too but they stay relevant with pop culture yep. and it keeps people interested.
0: And I'm not too sure whether Fortnite was the kind of game that actually put this in motion but it does seem that even now that seems to be the trend for most games right a lot more that aren't of a single player are going into like free-to-play structure with mm-hmm because next year and everywhere but I guess that's just trend and that's how one person has to be the trailblazer and it might have happened to be them you know
1: yeah I mean I guess there's there's always kind of been like battle royale games and multiplayer online multiplayer games but this is definitely you know it's it's definitely keeping people together and it's a great game for people to play together because it's so easily accessible for everyone the barrier of entry is really low now especially with the zero build mode um, And, you know, it's, yeah, it's it's an awesome game.
0: And you said how, because you started playing, obviously, introduced Spider-Man into the Battle Pass, and you are a Spider-Man super fan, correct? I, um, I would say that, pretty, yes. One of the first things that I kind of that I, that I kind of saw, just from exploring, you know, the stream and things and the brand, was that you have a full Spider-Man suit, correct? You have a full... I
1: do, I have uh, two of them, actually. So
0: cool it's just so cool how do one how does one go about getting a full spider-man suit
1: yeah i mean so honestly my my first spider-man suit i got for a halloween costume and Mm -hmm. i got it off of amazon um but my other one my one of my best friends uh odd angles on twitch he Mm -hmm. is also a big spider-man fan and cosplays as spider-man and he got this suit. I actually bought it off of him, but he, he got it off of a website called printcostume.com um, There's there's a couple of, of websites that are like well known as Spider-Man or like Zentai suit kind of like makers. And so Print Costume mm-hmm. is one. Uh, there's one called Heroes Time and then there's one called RPC Studio. And those three are like the main places that you'd go to like get a Spider-Man suit and there's people that design the the patterns for it so basically Mm -hmm. what's happening is someone makes the pattern say they made like the amazing spider-man pattern or they made the like tom holland spider-man suit pattern or something Mm -hmm. and then you would take it to one of those companies and they would print it onto a suit and so you can get any design you want essentially And yeah, there's a whole bunch of like, I mean, there's more you can do to it. Some people will like get puff painting on it so that it looks more realistic and like 3D and like the face shell is a whole nother thing where you have to get it like custom fit to your face and different lenses and shape sizes and stuff like there's there's a lot that goes into it yeah
0: that's so cool because I like i mean i i don't know how much this will hurt you but my personal favorite avenger has always been captain america do you think that those companies would also have some kind of a cap suit that i could buy for next day delivery so i can wear and feel <laughs> like like a god just for a day is that? Is that i mean
1: definitely not next day delivery but there are places and there are people that Uh, are in the cosplay community that will either, like, make props for it or will make pieces for the suits. Um, There's a couple, like, websites. I think there's one called Pro Cosplay that makes suits um, that are a bit cheaper, but then there's, like, people on Etsy and stuff that will custom.
0: At some point, I would love to have, like, a full suit from the Winter Soldier fit to me. And I don't think I'd actually ever take it off. I'd probably eat, (laughs) shower... (laughs) go to work, go to the shop. Um, Great.
1: It's a good thing to look into. I mean, like, it can get expensive, but it's very fun, very fun hobby. And then, like, you know, you get to wear it to events and stuff. And I was actually talking to Isaac earlier today about uh, he wants to go around town and just, like, you know, just make people's days, especially children, and just they get to meet Spider-Man and stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He does, like, birthday um... parties and stuff, too.
0: In terms of Marvel and things, other than Spider-Man, have you got um, any other favorites or any other characters or villains that, that you really like?
1: Ooh, Give me like um, you're, like top
0: three outside of Spider-Man.
1: Top three outside of Spider-Man? Uh-huh. I would say probably Iron Man. Okay. is another top one. And Loki. I really love Loki. Mm-hmm. And, oh, oh, my third. Hmm, that's a hard one. Who else? I mean... <laughs> I love is, how That's like completely... I mean, like I like I like them all, but I you know oh, yeah, I course. really really enjoyed the latest Moon Knight series that came out on Disney okay. Plus, that and counts. I think yeah. and I I didn't know a lot about Moon Knight beforehand, mm-hmm. but I think uh, yeah I would I'd probably pick okay. Moon Knight, but honestly like any Marvel thing I'm excited about like every show they have, every movie that comes out, you know I'm just. Obviously, Spider-Man's, like, number one. But, yeah, yeah, I like them all. Okay.
0: So, bringing it back to gaming. So, what would you say is... or and What's a game that that you look back on, now that you're obviously older, that you have very, very kind of fond memories of?
1: I think there's a couple of games that, like, I really, really enjoyed while I was growing mm-hmm. up and played a lot of with friends were uh, Bully and Tony Hawk Underground 2. Those two games, I, like... Yeah, I think PS2, yeah, yeah. And those Mm -hmm. games were just, like, so awesome and, like, really opened my eyes to, like, those, that style of game, I guess, specifically Bully, like, that kind of, like, story-based but kind of open-world game and, like, there's just, Mm -hmm. like, so much you could do in that game and I thought it was so cool and then Tony Hawk was just fun. (laughs) Just a fun game. When I think about my my first memories of, of playing video games, I mean, honestly, like, I, I played a lot of video games growing up, but i I think my love for it kind of grew near the end of high school and like into university mm-hmm. because growing up my parents uh, didn't want me to have like traditional like gaming consoles like I never besides what my o- older sister had, I never had mm-hmm. you know a PS2 or a Gamecube or anything. The oh, okay. first console I ever got was the Wii because you could kind of be active with it and that's that's what drew my parents to getting it because they didn't want me to you know just be playing video games all day so i had a wii Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: everything before that was playing at friend's house or playing at my sister's or something like that
0: secretly <laughs> on the down low where they couldn't find you. Yeah, you gotta sneak away to your friend's house. And now you're a streamer, so that's come full circle, you know. We've gone for Well, you no. know,
1: once I was making adult money and could make my own decisions with my money, exactly I was like, I'm gonna buy a PlayStation.
0: We can buy things such as a full Spider Man suit and video games. That too, that's the, exactly. Um, that, that's the magic of adult money. Yeah. How do you think your tasting games has changed since you've got older? Or has it changed?
1: You know. hmm. Since I got older, like kind of, because mm-hmm. you know, like I I never liked shooters. Okay. I never really did. I still don't really, except for Fortnite. Fortnite's the mm-hmm. only one, and I think mostly because it's third person, and because I've started to practice in it and I'm getting better with it. But first person games have never been my thing because they kind of make me feel sick because of the motion. Oh, of and-
0: course. Yeah, that's something that we have mentioned. You get pretty intense sickness right and even mm-hmm. an fps can trigger that can on it which is something that i've yeah. never heard of personally but well, that's yeah i guess that does I, I
1: don't know if it's just like a field of view thing or if it's mm-hmm. i don't know man just like i could never do vr i don't think because it just yeah i can only play for like 20 minutes before i feel super nauseous
0: well um i was gonna say so that's the um the cas um vr stream off the table yeah, then i guess because that's not going to happen yeah. at least for more than 15 minutes yeah um, exactly have you tried taking yeah. pills for it to like stop you know i
1: haven't but you know hmm. like it's i think like i have pretty bad motion sickness no matter what like i can't read in the car if i'm like really? driving or anything like yeah i don't know i haven't really looked into it i've just been like okay those types of games are not for me i like to play you know fun uh either like kind of open world like story based games i really like a lot of story based games and always have like i love following Mm -hmm. a good story and games with really nice cinematics and stuff um Mm -hmm. or like you know like platformers or like pokemon i just like i play pokemon a lot too yeah it's still yeah it's still pretty much the same kind of games that i've i think a lot of it too is because of like the nostalgia factor too like i probably still play pokemon because I liked Pokemon when I was younger and probably still play like Zelda and stuff because I liked it when I was younger.
0: If we're talking first gen or just gens in general, which starter do you tend to go? Do you always keep to one element or do you mix it up based on gen?
1: I'm usually a fire starter. First gen's always going to have my heart, I think. I I am a big Charmander fan. It's hard not to be, right? It really is. I mean, like I love all of the the first gen starters, honestly. Mm-hmm. But I think, like, Charmander is my probably my favorite fire starter. And I think overall, I'm a big Mudkip fan. Did I hear that
0: there's a couple of more games coming out at the end of this year as well? Or have I heard that wrong? Yeah,
1: there's new a new generation. Gen 9, mm-hmm. I think, is what we're on now. And it's, it's Scarlet and Violet. I've heard that Scarlet is, like, set in the past and Violet is in the future. So I'm very interested to see how that goes yeah it's been it's been a lot like because i guess last year you know whenever it was 2019 they released sword and shield and mm-hmm. then last year they released uh brilliant diamond and shining pearl remakes and then they had uh legends arceus and then yeah now they'll have scarlet and violet which is going to be open world which is very similar to legends arceus i think they're kind of like just trying to test a lot of new things and see if the community likes it and how it works before they release another game but it's obviously working like people really really liked
0: i mean do you like the whole like non-traditional format would you prefer it's a linear experience that you know growing up with
1: honestly i'm really enjoying it i'm really enjoying Mm. the new experience it's it's nice to see pokemon kind of you know keeping things that are in the game that people have always loved um mm-hmm. and you know most it's mostly the same format and the same type of game but i think overall like yeah it's it's a really n- nice addition to pokemon in the whole series and really modernizes awesome. they needed something different because you know it can't just keep adding so many new pokemon
0: pardon the pun the game just kind of has something. to evolve into yeah, exactly. something else and i guess that's exactly what happened so awesome okay thank you for you know thank you for that it's great to kind of get to know a little bit more about you know you and your earlier years i was really keen to talk a little bit about twitch because as we know you are a streamer and a wonderful streamer at that oh, and okay. let's start at the start and start with your username now i originally i i couldn't quite uh, figure out what the origin was and I was trying to kind of think, is it maybe that, you know, there's maybe that word's like that, but then the L might mean something particular. Um, so, I mean, please do enlighten us. Um, what is the origin story of your username?
1: So, my username, honestly, it's pretty boring. My username is Cass L. Man, And okay. it's literally just my name. My, my full name is Cassandra Lynn Mann, And so ah. it's just Cass L is my initial man my last name so it wasn't I'm like a story about like uncreative. saving a man
0: with a lifeboat you know there was no yeah, epic no. story about saving no. someone's life and it was a man called Leroy and no
1: you know my entire life mm. I've always had a very difficult time naming things whether I was naming like <laughs> a band or my username or something and it's only mm-hmm. recently that I've after I kind of established this brand as Castle Man, that I've come up with a username that I enjoy. But.
0: What is that? Are we allowed to say? Uh, you want to keep yes, it secret We're allowed for now, to say or?
1: it's Two Headed Taurus.
0: Two? See, now that's. Now that has a story. And it I guess. Does. Is it? I mean, are you into astrology?
1: Like, not fr- really that much, but like a little mm-hmm. bit. Like, I remember, like, the the main thing about it is, like, My birthday is exactly on the cusp of Taurus and Gemini. And growing up, you know, there was this restaurant that me and my mom would always go to. And they always Mm. had those... I don't know if you have them in the UK at all, but, like, they would have these placemats that would have, like, little bits of news articles and, like, they'd have your horoscope on them and stuff. And I would always go and look and it would always say, like, my, my birthday was always the last cutoff day. But sometimes that day would be in Taurus, and sometimes that day would be in Gemini. And I'm like, I don't know, like, what am I? Am I a Gemini? Am I a Taurus? (laughs) I don't know. And so most Mm. of my entire life, I was like, I guess I'm a Gemini, because that's where I saw it more. But then, you know, I never really fully identified with a lot of traits that Geminis typically have. And so recently, you know... I learned more about like the cusp thing and like Mm -hmm. how you can kind of be both and so that's kind of where the two-headed Taurus came from because I definitely have more Taurus traits but then the Gemini thing with like the twins, two heads that's yeah.
0: What are some of the typical Taurus traits that you do share?
1: Typical Taurus traits that I have um, I'd say like loyalty and like passion um
0: i heard the stubbornness is also part of taurus <laughs> stubbornness is also yeah a pretty
1: mm. pretty big part of taurus um mm-hmm. yeah it's just like you know being like really hardworking and resilient and just like yeah you know kind of like grounded i guess like i always kind of felt like i'm that kind of like stability kind of within my life and always focusing on having a balance in my life and i think taurus is more uh in that realm which kind of aligns with what i think is like my spirit animal as well which is an elephant i think my spirit animal is an elephant i actually have a tattoo of an elephant oh i want to get a two-headed taurus tattoo as well but yeah because elephants are very grounded and Mm -hmm. just like you know down to earth kind of kind of animals so
0: Based on the hard working and law kind of thing, that sort of stuff does come through on Twitch because um, it takes, I mean, any person that obviously they'll just hop in, either at the back of this or just in general. The second that you do go in, the hard working thing comes through, not only because obviously all the things that you do actually do, but just the level of quality of kind of how the stream looks and flows is insane. And that's all been done by just by you, right? There hasn't really been a lot yeah. of help. It's hard to be a creator, even at the best times. It's even harder to do it to like such a high level of quality. And you do that, what well, seems to be seamlessly. But yeah, so I think Thank that definitely so makes much. sense. Same goes for the content that you also put on YouTube. Out of the back of two of them, i brought things, what you've said. I'm like, yes, Cass knows things. Must listen to Cass. Yes, <laughs> Cass knows how to do the lighting right. Thank and you. the camera position and blah, blah, um, So, And I do like even just the kind of two-headed Taurus, even... Just kind of how it sounds. I quite like that.
1: Yeah. It has a nice little, like, alliteration. It does. Yeah. And, like, you know, I've, I've considered, like, switching my brand to that completely. But I, mm-hmm. like, you know, I've already built up so much of it at this point. I don't know. It seems weird because, like, you know, I, I've I've kind of I made the decision to, at least for TikTok, which I've kind of fallen off on the last little bit. But I was going to keep Cass L. Mann
0: mm-hmm. on TikTok
1: and Instagram as my like personal stuff music stuff and then have 2 editors specifically for like my gaming and streaming stuff and so i'm like mm-hmm. do i rebrand everything when i've already built up so much of my brand as that i don't know mm.
0: i guess like it's probably going to be better sooner rather than later if you do want to do it for everything but also yeah. that you don't want to kind of you don't want people to think that oh he's a different person should I even follow? <laughs> is it, you know, is it got kind of to someone else? Either way, there's going to be a bit of trepidation there, right? So,
1: yeah. And, you know, like I've always you know. kind of wanted to use my personality as the brand anyway. So it's like, mm-hmm. it works as having it as my name, but it's like, I don't know. I don't, yeah, it's just like, yeah. It's almost like a little bit of an identity crisis, but it's fine.
0: <laughs> a little bit, you, you know. But I guess that's like one of many problems that a creator has, as we know, you know. Yeah. It's it's quite like a scary place to be sometimes, isn't it? For many reasons. But then on the kind of flip side of that, we'll get into the kind of scary stuff a bit later. Let's start on a more like a positive note. What is it that you love the most about streaming? And why do you stream?
1: Well, what I... The reason why I started streaming, I guess we can start there, was because i i knew i wanted to make youtube videos and Mm. i didn't feel comfortable talking to a camera okay so i started streaming to kind of force myself to get comfortable staring into the barrel of a camera camera lens and
0: it's the best way right the uh, exposure therapy just jump in you know
1: exactly and so i was like this is going to help me feel more comfortable with that and also just like you know it just seemed like a cool concept to get to play games or make music or whatever and like have people come in and watch and like you know I've always I mean as a live performer I've always really appreciated and enjoyed the live aspect of thing because it's it's kind of like that the exclusivity of surrounding it kind of because you know it's like you know if you're watching it live like you get to see things happen in real time and not everyone is there for that. Like, it's not just something that is archived and people can go back and watch again and again, like, a YouTube video. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, like, VODs and stuff, obviously. I mean, yeah. But it's different watching it live. But I think what I love most about streaming now is just, like, all the people that I get to meet around the world. Like, mm. I, you know, two years ago, you, if you asked me, I may have may have had, like, a couple of friends that were in different places in the world but now I can literally say that I have a friend or I know someone in pretty much every part of the world
0: yeah like that is I mean that is definitely pretty special because it, it's something that no normal job is going to be able to do that for you and it's kind yeah, of weird to I mean, say that there are people that are from you know like from all over Europe from obviously different parts of America and whatever and to have these people gravitate towards this place that is obviously your stream is a very special feeling isn't it and it's a very warm feeling to know that people congregate in your place of all places you know
1: yeah it's great and even just you know in other friend streams and stuff too and just getting to meet everyone and get to know everyone and like you know also as a musician like touring has been low the past couple years due to you know pandemic and stuff but when i do go on tour again like i've had a couple of shows outside of uh outside of you know my hometown and like you know in in canada and stuff and the more that i start to do that in the next little bit it's gonna be great because you know i'll get to the chance to like meet some of these people probably because they'll be like hey like i'll be playing in your city like let's meet up or something you know
0: oh true if you're sort of like obviously uh, um have to go up and down the country then mm-hmm. the, nature, uh, the nature of gonna kind of have having met people also through Twitch. I guess you can say, hey, did I get lunch? Or do you want to just meet me, me for a drink? Because obviously that's going kind to of brought you together. I think exactly. that's another well, reason even, like, why it's so special, you know.
1: Last year when I, I was in Wales for a little bit, I, was in, I went to Wales for a couple of days and then I was in uh, London for a few days and one of my friends from school even who, who was from Glasgow came down uh, and met with me just for lunch, and it was just, like, amazing.
0: Other than kind of getting to meet people, is there anything else appealing about about streaming and things?
1: Kind of use it as almost like an excuse to play games. Yeah. <laughs> and just, like, share stuff I'm doing, because I also do, like, some music production streams every once y- in a while That's as well, right. You do. I get to, like, explain that process as well. But, yeah, mm-hmm. mostly, like, it's a nice excuse for me to play games. It is. That I yeah. would rarely get a chance to play otherwise, so...
0: In terms of your, you kind of getting started, well, I mean, initially you wanted to start for YouTube. And that is something that you do do now. Was there a creator either on YouTube or Twitch or anywhere that sort of inspired you to start this journey of content creation? Ooh. Or maybe someone you watch now, you know, who kind of gives you that the buzz to kind of want to, uh, like to make things.
1: Definitely. I mean, there's like so many, honestly. Oh, yeah. There's like so many people that inspire me every day like you know like to be a creator mm-hmm. you also kind of have to be a consumer. Yes. Um, you have to know what's going on and and that's kind of where I started. I started as just watching YouTube videos and that's how I learned a lot about what I do. I learned so much about camera stuff because of like Peter McKinnon and Chris Howe and mm. Maddie Hapoya who are all like pretty big like Canadian uh like youtubers now Mm -hmm. and then there's like other like music youtubers like tatro and andrew huang and uh rachel k collier those were probably like some of my biggest influences when it comes to youtube and creating content initially like yeah they really really inspired me a lot to Mm. to do what i'm doing now for sure
0: and and that was like i know that um I spoke to you a little while ago about like asking about how to kind of start and getting better at and and editing. And your words were pretty much what you just said in the way you're saying that, well, j- just consume. There isn't really a kind of a how to guide, you know, like a step by step. It's better to kind of sort of just like surround yourself with this content and just like explore and just experiment. Because I guess if you're going to be, if you want to get to a certain point, be inspired, then like you say, you're going to have to be a consumer and enjoy content. And then obviously, try replicate that
1: yeah exactly and that you know that goes to everything whether it's a movie whether it's a youtube video whether it's a radio show or a stream or a podcast Mm. even like Mm. there's just so many things you can learn from and i guess you know there's there's the difference between actively consuming and like passively consuming Mm. and i've always been more of an active consumer like when i listen to music i can't really do anything else except for maybe like clean or something and i like can only Mm. listen to that music i can't like listen to music while i'm like having a conversation with people because i'm there to listen and when i'm watching a video i'm like paying attention to the video because i want to know what's going on in it and i'm like and when i'm watching a show it's hard for me to watch shows passively unless it's like friends or
0: yeah the office or or something like that you
1: know Where if I'm watching it because I want to see, like, how did they frame that shot? How was the lighting set up in that shot? And that comes, a lot of that comes with, like, just doing it more, too. And, like, where I I work in the video production world, like, you're forced to think that way. And when I'm listening to music, because I also am a music producer, I Mm. am listening for specific things. And, like, oh, like, that's really cool how they did that thing. And, Mm. yeah, it's, like, just being more active in your consuming really yeah. helps with well, like, understanding more of what's going on and like analyzing it and stuff it's like yeah, yeah it's a lot of work but it's beneficial
0: as a musician i guess is that kind of something that, that you've had that kind of keen interest in from from a young age or you've always been had that like intense kind of curiosity
1: well i mean you know music has definitely trained it into me more because in in school you know we were taught to like analyze things and yeah we would take a piece of music and we would analyze it and be like, okay, why is this, you know, recorded like this? Why does this sound like this? But I think, you know, I grew up uh, with both of my parents are teachers. And I think (laughs) that had a lot of influence on my, you know, interest in learning and growing as a human. And yeah, I think, you know, I was always big into like just learning about the world and, what it had to offer and Mm -hmm. I still am just like trying to learn something new every day.
0: Yeah. And other than I know that you play like a bunch of guitars. I know that you play more than just bass. But and what other instruments do you actually play?
1: So yeah, bass is bass is my main one, upright and electric. Uh I haven't played upright a lot lately, but most mostly electric these days, but I also play guitar and um like keys a bit. Like I kind of taught myself piano and like do a lot of like electronic like synth stuff. Okay. Um, I used to play the saxophone and the clarinet. Ooh,
0: nice. And like
1: kinda play drums a bit. I don't know. It's like I feel like once you kinda know one instrument, you can kinda like pick up others easier.
0: Well, do if you can play guitar, then you can play saxophone easier than what it would be from scratch.
1: I mean to a certain degree, because like music is like its own language, right? And like once you understand like how, you know, different notes sound together, how different notes sound after each other like the intervals between the notes and stuff like you understand the relationship between music and how it works and then a lot of it after that is just like technical so like you know me playing bass versus me playing piano I understand the notes in a different way but then technically it's like figuring out where my fingers go and how to play it and with saxophone too it's like just figuring out where those notes are on the saxophone and like how to get a good sound out of it and stuff.
0: Being very musically inclined and being in an environment that it, that was kind of very heavily towards you know like enrichment and things, I guess that nurtured the want to kind of be a content creator in a way, you know, or wanted to kind of to make something new. I guess that sort of manifested itself in different ways and could even be a key factor as to why you know why you are such a creative individual and you have all these and you know, all these things. speaking of you know just life as a content creator what advice do you think that you'd give your younger streaming self now that you are you know more established as a creator
1: well you know i mean i guess i wouldn't say that i'm necessarily like established now but i guess more experienced than i was for sure but i would probably tell myself to just like Mm. have fun with it and ignore the numbers because i think at the start you know I feel like this happens to a lot of people. You see that there's only like Mm -hmm. one viewer or like zero viewers, and no one's talking in the chat, and you kind of get self-conscious because you're like, okay, I'm trying (laughs) to have a conversation with myself. How do I keep this entertaining? Like, am I not Mm. not entertaining enough? Like, what's going on? And now, you know, like it took me a really long time, and sometimes it's still kind of, you know,
0: yeah, like there's a reason why the advice of have fun don't look at numbers like it seems so simple but there's also a reason why it always comes up because it's probably the most clear-cut advice that you can get but if you're in that position of course you're going to stare at numbers when you first start you're going to look at you know average viewership or the amount of people that are new versus returning people but I think that's like the new creator naturally when you obviously kind of start on Twitch you're sort of bombarded with all this data all these you know obviously these kind of big numbers of metrics and then as you kind of first yeah. hop on to the twitch homepage, the first thing you see is a feature creator who's got like seven thousand viewers it's like well well then if i can't do that i must be worthless it's like nope let's let's curve that thing a little bit because you, you've been streaming for 30 minutes so you know like rain it back in a little bit
1: and you know it's it's funny because like you know, I, sometimes I do still, like, get caught up in that and will, like, compare myself mm. to my friends' streams and how their streams go, and especially when we mm. have, you know, like, similar audiences. Like, it's like, oh, those people went to that stream instead of mine. Like, great. But, like, you know, and it happens sometimes still, but for the most part, like, mm. I feel so much better about when I stream and I feel good about who's there. And my streams have i think have gotten way more entertaining way more enjoyable to be in and just like more fun like i'm having more fun with it and i think that's that's what's more important i think that you know makes people stick around because Because, they see how much fun i'm having
0: the second your energy kind of like zaps or if you get like upset or angry whatever then that's very easily sensible right like people can sense that in my life but having fun is always going to be the most important thing and not feeling obligated. To play a certain game just because it came out three weeks ago. Because chances are, if you want to try and always chase the dragon, so to speak, you're not going to really have much success because there'll be thousands of other streamers who are probably going to be bigger in the whole Twitch listing of all these streamers. You're probably not going to get the traction they might be expecting and then feel like, oh, I'm in this game, but I'm still getting no viewers, therefore must be a bad streamer. But actually, it's just a case of trying to pick a niche. You know, pick a game, pick a niche, pick a genre, and then just kind of, you know, try and kind of have fun with it. Yeah,
1: definitely. You know, I 100% agree. You know, I definitely had my times of being like, okay, I got to play every new game as soon as it comes out or else, you know, I'm I'm not going to be relevant. Or, you know, there's times where even, you know, things like thinking I have to stream for a certain amount of time, um... Would really affect how my streams went too, because I'm like, oh, like this person streams for like this many hours a day, and like I'm not doing that, but like that's not that's not the point. You stream for whatever you is comfortable did for you. do and... a
0: subathon recently, which obviously is um probably the uh, the exception
1: <laughs> yes. to that rule,
0: but obviously that was kind of I know that you were excited to do that, and that went pretty well, right? From obviously from 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 what I saw,
1: it went extremely well yeah i was really happy with how that went you know i didn't i didn't expect to hit the goals that we did and i'm just so appreciative of all of my friends and my community and i thought it was did
0: you expect that to happen by the way that level of kindness. No, of support and it...
1: i didn't you know like i set you know like it felt kind of weird being like okay i'm gonna set these goals and like just see what happens and like obviously yeah it'd be great if we if we hit them all but I was like okay you know we're gonna have low expectations going into this if we can hit like one of these like that'll be great <laughs> and then we got like I think I got 35 subs in that stream which I've never had more than like four or five subs at a time um and
0: okay Alright. that's a lot of sub points yeah, right there and you know then, that's you awesome you know
1: like I think I hit all of my bit goals and stuff and Hit uh my my first like follower goal, which was two hundred fifty followers and stuff, and yeah, it just like I was like, wow, you know, it it felt nice to see people supporting me and stuff, and I felt like I was able to give back to the community community a little bit with it too. So yeah,
0: because I mean, generally speaking, have you got to a point now where you're sort of okay with the feeling of going live, or do you still have that sort of pre-stream anxious wave that a lot of people do have, even you know?
1: I don't think I have it anymore, no. I think I might have used to. But now, like, you know, I know that there's always going to be people that are show that will show up and support me. And, you know, I, I know that if there isn't anybody or if numbers are low or something, like, that doesn't mean that they're not supporting me. And I just, like, I have more fun with it. And just, yeah, it's more casual now, which is always where I wanted it to be. I always wanted to be more natural and more casual and yeah i just like i feel good when i stream all the time like i'm not not worried about it
0: do you have your view count on
1: i do yeah i do i do have it on i have it on yep
0: does that not sort of like zap your energy if you do see or be able to kind of just like look past that as well that is a reflection of me but that that's just a case of the stream might be doing better yeah or worse i than normal. i've
1: kind of looked past at it lately I've been better at, like, just looking past it. And, like, I I like to see it um, just, you know, in, in terms of it kind of helps kind of shape, like, how I talk to the stream a little bit um, and how I interact. Because, you know, sometimes, you know, yeah, I just like I I like to have it on just to see and keep an eye on things. But ultimately, like, I don't really pay that much attention to it.
0: Do you think that Twitch could do better for affiliates? And if you think so, what sort of things do you think that they could be doing to kind of help maybe those who are getting kind of too caught up in numbers or, you know, those who are struggling with various things?
1: I mean, I think they could always do better. There's always room to improve on. Specifically for affiliates, Yeah. you know, maybe they just... I think they just need better splits on on like subs and stuff because it's, it's hard. Like, especially even for me as a viewer to like a a sub for me, like if I want to give a tier one sub to someone, it costs me $8 and four cents Canadian. And that's, that's a lot of money. And you know, the streamer is seeing like, not that.
0: did you get that email yesterday about the uh, the new the split new system splits. that they've tried mm-hmm. to well that they they've spoke about
1: yeah it's from my understanding they're basically saying like you will get 55 percent ad split i don't even know what it originally was if i'm being completely honest um if you run three minutes of ads every hour and it'll disable pre-roll ads
0: I don't think I like the sound of three minutes every hour. Because I know that, I mean, I don't want to, because obviously that would be, if you're watching like like a stream that is, you know, that is like four hours or so, that's going to be pretty Mm -hmm. noticeable. And I definitely don't want people to feel like they have to sub to obviously kind of not have that. Because again, it's almost trying to kind of, you know, it's sort of trying to like shepherd them into subbing, right? Because I guess it's kind of saying, well, you can watch, but I'm going to be in your face with HelloFresh and. Um, Nord NordVPN every hour. Yeah, like for three, three minutes. Three
1: minutes? That's like missing a lot. And like you, it's just like, it's so random too. Like I would kind of rather them be pre-roll at this point because then it's not interrupting in the middle of the stream.
0: I know that you can do them like sort of like manually, but then, I don't know, I feel kind of, they always seem to happen at a pretty at a pretty bad time as well. You know, you're watching the stream, but he wants sub to, and then they're having an amazing moment. It's like, hey, you know, here's a promo code for this. It's like, no, I want to watch the stream and do cool things. Yeah, or but like you're in the you middle of a again.
1: conversation with chat and then you don't hear back from them and they're like, sorry, I had an ad. <laughs> like, That's why I like, I initially had ads on for my stream because I was like, okay, well, like if it disables the pre-roll, then like maybe that'll help people come into the, into the stream and get more followers or whatever. And I had it as low as it possibly could go. Like I had one 30 second ad every hour and it would still like you know interrupt yeah it still interrupted stuff so then i turned them off oh really and you know like if i look at how much i made from ads like when i did have it on was like 80 cents so i was like okay well
0: (laughs) look 80 cents now let's not you know jeffrey papa jeff is being very generous there. 80 cents i can buy um
1: (laughs) i mean it does it does add up and i'm sure if i had it uh, you know what I'm probably, I'm gonna give this ad new ad thing a try once it comes out it, It's gonna roll out in August. I will give it a try, see how it works. I'll try it for a month. I will let my viewers know that I'm gonna have it on just for experimentation purposes and see how much I make from it and if you know it's I'll see if it's worth it, I guess
0: pretty insane how obviously you know these things happen in the kind of twitch world in the kind of Twitch platform as though whereas it seems like if you just make content elsewhere you can probably end up obviously getting more interest in the stream and then obviously and then make more you know of um revenue by making content for tiktok and then filling people in because twitch doesn't necessarily i don't think give you that many tools to kind of grow and the whole organic kind of visibility of Twitch is pretty bad it is and that's why people obviously do make content elsewhere and we're, we're obviously both on you know we're both on tiktok and you're more in the youtube space um and i mean talking about that what's your experience been of kind of content and not on twitch so either on youtube or tiktok or hover how have you kind of found that
1: um well you know i i think i kind of see it from both sides like you know if people want to grow on a platform like they should be able to but also if you're serious about being a content creator and making content, I agree. You do need to be using as many platforms as you can to help yes. grow yourself. And I, th- I, you know, like being a, f- a full-time streamer is a hard position yeah. to be in. Like, I think that's a hard job. Um, and it's, it takes a lot of work to get there, but also like, I don't know. I could never see myself as a full-time streamer. It'd always be a supplementary thing. To what I'm doing, like I I would rather prioritize YouTube, um, over over streaming, and you know other it people. It just seems
0: to have a lot more longevity, having active platforms everywhere, mm-hmm. rather than just saying to your people, "Well, I'm full time now," so it's kind of saying, "You've got to pay for my food now." You got to pay for.
1: That's the thing too, right? Like, you know, like I I remember I was talking to a friend one time who was doing really really well on instagram at the time when it it was a couple years ago and it was a bit bigger um and you know the only thing they were doing at the time was like posting on instagram and they were getting a lot of success like really really good success but my thought was what happens if this platform shuts down tomorrow what do you have like you know what can what can you say is yours And what success do you have if that fails? And that's a thing that people need to think of because especially with the trends lately, Twitch hasn't been doing too hot and people are moving to YouTube for streaming or something else. And, you know, I think the community with Twitch is very important and a great place. And I I don't think Twitch is going to be gone anytime soon, but I can see that they are constantly making poor decisions that could affect that. And so... To not rely on one thing is very important, and I think that's always kind of been the case for me specifically. Like, I literally am—I'm a jack of all trades. I do lots of things because I, then I'm not relying on one one source of income or one source of create creative thing or whatever, you know.
0: It sounds pessimistic to kind of say you know it isn't enough to to shim on Twitch, but if you are serious, it's it's sort of that like. A bit of realism like if you do think you know if you're sat there and you're kind of streaming seven hours a day mm-hmm. and you're doing nothing else and you're kind of saying well i'm not growing it's like well that's the world of content it sounds like it's being you know it's negative but it isn't it's almost like a bit of kind of the smack in the face that is probably needed because if you haven't got like an active tiktok instagram youtube then unless you're um, an either an insane at a game to the point where, where you can obviously get to the, the uh, apex of ranked a ranked playlist and um, only those circumstances that you can just stream but generally speaking for those who want to be a bit more you know based, based on variety and stuff you're gonna have to do these things because i know that i've had you know some decent success with hover and tiktok mm-hmm. i know that you've you could you thought sort of struggled with that and then with instagram you've also had a battle with that right
1: instagram has been better for me than than TikTok, I would say. And hover, I honestly I kinda just forget it exists. <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, you know, and you know, if it's gonna be so stressful, then like people don't need to do it. And like that's kind of where I got into it. I was like, it is not worth my time to make these TikToks. It's more worth my time mm-hmm. to make a YouTube video. I'd rather convert people yeah. from YouTube than from TikTok because it's just so hard i I personally think and it's just like it's not as enjoyable for me, so I stopped doing it and honestly, like my platform has been growing more just by being a part of other people's communities and getting to know people and I think that's a great way to grow too is you support other streamers and they'll support you
0: even then there's a key difference in between actually getting to know a community and then obviously just follow follow <laughs> those two very different things and like if if you are obviously j- just saying hey man follow me and i'll follow you then that's different than than finding a streamer that you enjoy and being like active part of their community you know and that's something that i mean that's free you know that isn't something that really requires a lot of time or effort necessarily it's a case of you know coming back to earlier you said about you know it's important to consume as much as you are making yeah. And it's true, if you are, like, a genuine part of another community and you put your, like, best self forward in things, and chances are, if there's, like, a similar um, link in between the content, then people are going to, obviously, take an interest as opposed to spamming your links in every possible Discord and hoping that, that you know, that Someone's people come gonna through. going to
1: show up, and, like, honestly, most people are ha- probably have self-promo channels muted. And, you know, like, when I share my links in other people's Discords, there's, like, I'll share it in, like, one mm-hmm. or two... Like every time I stream, and if I was the last person to post in there, I will not share it in there. And it's like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, it's not, that's not like a, a standard practice that I think people should do. It's just like, I'm just like, oh, I was the last person to stream on here. I was, I'm not, yeah, I'm I
0: don't want to wanna, not, yeah, but yeah,
1: like I'll post it in like two people's discords, and like that's that's it. Cause I mean, that's the thing, it's like, I'd rather people choose to come to my stream and like, I'll, I'll share it. I'll share it on Instagram. I share it on Twitter. I let people know when I'm live, but it's also like, I don't know. Yeah. Just, it's not about just like getting random people into your stream. It's about getting people that want to hang out with you. It's, you know, like a lot of people will talk about uh, the ratio between like how many followers you have versus your um, like average viewership or like how many people are chatting in your stream. And I think it's very important to think about that like and I've, I've started thinking about that too more like yeah my follow num- follower number is growing a little bit um, but my average viewership is growing more and I think that's, that's more important.
0: Yeah, because I feel like it's like, um, I mean, because I'm pretty sure I was speaking to, I'm not sure who it was, but um, I was saying how like it's always better to have the 30 viewers with 20 speaking than 200 with five speaking. Always going to be better because obviously, you know, the engagement, not hiring things, but it's also, it's always better to have to have more people that are like engaged with you and your content as opposed to a bigger number that kind of feeds that sort of the ego side of everyone's kind of their brain and things. I mean, yeah, having people that obviously are there for you are worth a lot more in terms of the kind of you know that kind of relationship and stuff as opposed to either bots or you know people obviously probably do buy viewers because obviously there's a reason why those bots are always in our streams because people must spend money on them right i wouldn't be surprised if it was a lot more common than, than what people may i mean admit.
1: probably because a lot of brands and stuff like when you're looking to getting like brand deals or uh, you know affiliation with companies and and stuff like Mm -hmm. all they look at is numbers they don't look at the quality like like speaking to like my youtube stuff you know Mm -hmm. i uh, it's not often that i like try and reach out to a brand but there have been times Mm -hmm. where they're like oh you have to have this many followers or this many subscribers in order to qualify for us to consider you
0: in a way, it's like, well, to get access to all of these things I may as well. But then that sort of defeats the object as well, doesn't it? Kind of saying, Well no, I'm not gonna do that because then that's sort of selling out to, you know, what it is I want to achieve and mm-hmm. things. Have you ever had a sponsor approach you?
1: Um not necessarily a sponsor, but I've I've done like a couple of uh I guess kind of like brand I guess it wasn't really a brand deal, but like exchange of goods kind of. Like so yeah. I've had two Videos. One was for a PlayStation 5 charger for like Mm -hmm. controller charger that the brand reached out to me on Instagram and was like, we will, there's there essentially, they were just like, we'll give you this product for free if you can make a review on it. And I was like, yeah, okay, sure. Um, And then same with my uh, standing desk video that was the company, I, I knew someone that worked at the company. So that was a little bit different but they were like hey like um, I think you'd be really good to to do a video on this I'll send you a desk and you make a video on it so I've had like I haven't had like companies be like I will give you I will sponsor this video and give you money if you talk about it or like that kind of thing but it's i've had a couple of like oh we'll give you this thing for free
0: structure for sponsors for creators it's very like predatory in my mind because i feel like a lot of them tend to prey on smaller streamers who are probably going to accept whatever they get given in things things like um what's the game that raid, raid shadow legends raid shadow legends yeah like, and that's that's, like, that's
1: through stream elements too so it's like it's not even like the brand is, oh, is it really? to you specifically There's yeah it's from
0: integration <gasps> as if that's even worse hello
1: fresh too like i mean hello fresh and raid shadow legends both have these like sponsorship packages within stream elements huh so and like i'm like okay that's cool that this person is sponsored by them and i was like wait then i i could have the option to do that too and i was like it's not as special it's like
0: prey on people who don't really understand or haven't really got got a grasp of just how how like um or what their time is worth mm-hmm. and they'll obviously kind of like just saying yes 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 they don't really understand what's happening well actually they're being ripped off massively for their like timing things because obviously it doesn't really matter if you're a big or a kind of small streamer your time is worth a lot more than what rage probably wants to pay you
1: yeah and i mean you know if if it's not a lot of effort for you and you think that it's worth your time, then absolutely go for it. Like, yeah, do whatever's well, best for well, you. Or do you enjoy those games? Yeah, it's like, you know, you gotta, gotta really make sure you know what you're getting yourself into.
0: And that's that sort of applies to you in a different way as well as a freelancer because obviously you aren't, you know, if you're doing as a freelance work as well, the hard part is probably trying to understand what your time is worth and then kind of how to then translate that to a customer right
1: yeah it's very difficult i'm still trying to figure it out honestly mm. and it, yeah. it depends on what the work is because um, i you know i do obviously i have like my day job but then yeah a lot of the work that i do is freelance whether it's music production things or um sometimes i'll do graphic design or video editing or whatever and i have different rates for all of those things because certain things mm-hmm. take more effort than not and like for example, um, recently I've decided to charge for rehearsal time, uh, with bands. Okay. So any, any band that I play with, I charge rehearsal time for. And the reason why is because it's, you know, that's three hours of my night and that's time that I could have been editing or streaming or doing something else. And so, you know, I don't, I don't charge a lot, um, Yeah, I I don't charge a lot for it, but it's something that makes it just a little bit more worth it for me to spend the time to do that. And I also give those artists a guarantee with it. I'm like, you know, like if you agree, I mean, I wouldn't rehearse with them if they didn't agree to pay me for it, but me charging you for this rehearsal is ensuring that I'm going to know the songs when I come. It's not going to be me using that time to learn the song. It's going to be me knowing them and just playing there to support them.
0: Yeah. And do you think that um, with your journey as a freelancer, do you think that you kind of, that you started off as a timid person, but now you're a bit like, no, this is my rate. If you don't like it, go and find, you know, do you kind of think that you've kind of got a bit more assertive in the way that you're obviously putting that forward? And do people still, even now, try and pay you in exposure? Because I imagine they do. I imagine they do.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I've learned a lot. And... You know, Cassie, like, four years ago would have taken any gig uh-huh. or any yep. anything that would come up and would charge very little, if anything. But I've learned what my time is worth. And I still don't charge a lot, like, for a lot of things. Like, I still don't charge that much. But I've understood more of, like, what is worth my time and I think that's the biggest thing and it's like finding the balance between what's worth my time versus what the job that I'm doing is worth and like finding a good in between is yeah it's it's hard but I think that you know I'm in a good place now where you know because I have a stable job on top of my freelance work I'm able to say no to things easier that is beneficial for me.
0: If that was just your full time gig, then I guess naturally you'd be a bit more open because you haven't got that. You know, you have that sort of safety net. It, it? But again, that's a battle that comes with all facets of creation, whether that be obviously with freelance and obviously on on Twitch as well. You know, we spoke about talking of the whole like being a creator. What sort of battles do you think that you've had?
1: Honestly, I think something that I'm I'm still struggling with and trying to figure out. Uh, how to deal with is imposter syndrome. I have really, really bad imposter syndrome. And, you know, like, I guess it's more specific to music production and, like, making music over anything. But it's mm-hmm. definitely sometimes with, like, streaming and YouTube stuff too, where I will just, you know, f- constantly feel like I am not good enough and that I'm not qualified to do certain things. And yeah, I guess specifically in music, because like I literally have a master's degree in music production. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I it am get a lot qualified that. for stuff. But I don't know if it's just like me feeling like I have a lack of experience or if it's partially because of the pandemic. I was away from doing stuff for so long, kind of, that I just, mm. yeah, there's times where it just really hits me and I'm like, oh, I could never do anything like that or, oh, I'm not going to apply to this thing because I wouldn't get in because I'm not qualified. I don't know. That's, that's but, the big thing, that, I think.
0: But like, is, that like, is that sort of like internalized or is that because of things that have happened or things that people have said or mixture of both, maybe?
1: I think it's mostly internal, I would say. Yeah, I think it's just a lot of anxiety and fear of myself, or like f- fear of not... Succeeding, maybe. Yeah. Fear and of failure.
0: Have you ever had a bad experience on Twitch with, you know, a person that, that's came in that's maybe sort of, you know, um, knocked confidence or something that's upset you more than you cared to admit and that kind of stuff? I feel um, like everyone's probably had something, right? You know?
1: Not, like, really. Like, not, like, super super specifically i think you know there's been a couple people who will come and say like some shitty things in in the chat and then i just block them and i'm like bye oh yeah so
0: like it's weird how people seem to do these things for i mean seemingly for no reason or they're angry or upset about something else but then they happen to find the stream and then you're just target number one Mm -hmm. but no real reason either um yeah
1: i mean tiktok i've had not great experience with And I've talked about this with some other creators and like you know like I've only had like like most of my videos don't have a lot of views on them which like whatever but I've had two that kind of blew up uh, a little bit like they have like 20,000 views or something like that. Not super big but like a little bit and it was all because of hate like it was they were videos of me in my Spider-Man suit and people were just commenting very very awful things and it definitely got me down for a bit and like made me feel really bad about myself but also like all the hate comments were getting me more views so i was like cool and like a lot of people say like the only way that some videos go viral is because of controversy and people just like hating in the comments
0: it's quite a toxic circle because obviously ultimately they will be horrible to you but then that happened to be like the kind of best performing video Mm -hmm. it sort of puts you in like a cycle of well should i post more of this stuff because it's getting me where I want to be, but I'm feeling terrible because of what people are saying. But then it's like, it shouldn't be that way, you know? Also, why people seem to be so insistent on being so horrible for literally no reason. There was one video, um, kind of similar in a way. Mm-hmm. It was like, um, the sort of context of the joke was I was a character who was a guy who was, who was saying, oh, all the girls are taking my views on Twitch.
1: Yeah. I remember that. One.
0: And meant to be as, you know, like kind of a jab, but, but then people took it very seriously and were like the words you know like simp or whatever mm-hmm. just sent me making this tiktok that was just a bit of a social commentary on something that happens a lot and it's like well why do you
1: i think a lot of it too is just like figuring out how to ignore <laughs> all of that stuff too right like you know you see all these people that have millions of views and millions of likes and stuff and it's like how do they deal with all that i think they just ignore it and it's just like learning how to not and not interact with it.
0: But then the whole kind of content grind itself is just very scary because people always talk about how if you want to grow, you have to be consistent, I, I, and I agree with that, you know, to a degree. Mm-hmm. But then if you then um, if you then take a break from TikTok and come back, it's as if you literally don't exist, yeah. and you're gonna to have to start again from scratch in terms of your you know, terms of your reach and things. And it's like, I don't get how these platforms can say, be consistent, but also then punish you for taking a break when that's important. It's like a vicious cycle to get caught in. And then like, it's almost built in a way that makes people feel really bad about themselves. When actually, content could be amazing, but then purely because they've taken a step to just say, you know what? I don't feel great right now. I'm going to have a week off. You come back and then you're back to like zero interaction as if like as punishment. It's just very weird, you know?
1: I know it's super strange, you know, just, like, how the whole TikTok world works, and that's why I've kind of honestly just kind of given up on it. It's just not worth my time anymore, and I hate to say that because I would love to be doing more on TikTok. I still consume a lot of TikToks, and I was really big into, like, trying to get on the trends and stuff, and it was just too mentally taxing. It was really bad mm-hmm. for my mental health, and... yeah just too time consuming and so i was like you know what it's not worth it even then
0: like it's kind of it's if anything that's better though that you've made that choice though because you know any person probably kind of like be flat out to make content for every single platform but Mm -hmm. then ultimately if you're you're feeling awful about yourself that'll show in the content as well yeah and then you're sort of and then you're sort of hinging on, on on the approval of random people on the internet and that isn't a good place to be because obviously no then it isn't if and are... you
1: know like i don't think this is gonna be like a, a full-time hiatus to tiktok i'm not but right now when i'm working full-time working as a mm-hmm. musician like a musician trying to keep up with my streams and my youtube videos and you know like eight hours of my day is spent working for a company i i don't have time to put into tiktok i had to sacrifice something and that's what it was i'm not going to sacrifice my relationships or that kind of stuff so yeah that's that's what i chose if i ever am able to be a full-time content creator and who knows maybe not posting on tiktok is hindering that ability but Mm -hmm. i'm just i'm not gonna do it right now when i i'll post casually if i feel like it But yeah, I've kind of Hmm. decided to just kind of take a bit of a break from it just Mm -hmm. for my own.
0: And do you think that that's kind of your, that's almost like the the cast advice of the podcast, which is to almost take stock of um, obviously what what you're currently doing and then not being scared to scale it back if you need to.
1: Yeah, you know, like you have to prioritize your life and determine what's, most important to you and what you want to be doing and mm-hmm. i've had to do that and be like okay like where do i want to see success on the internet what is most important to me and it was youtube twitch you know friends my family like and music like those were the things that really come first for me so those are the things that i'm prioritizing and mm-hmm. You know for some people tiktoks is easy and that's that's great then they do that (laughs) but for me it's just like yeah it's not the case but for everyone prioritize what you're doing creatively um and you know you don't have to burn yourself out if you don't need to you don't have to be so dramatic or upset if you miss a day or something because ultimately it's the internet it's not the end of the world
0: (laughs) yeah for sure um Thank you for sharing that, because I know obviously uh, some of these things aren't easy to talk about, but I think it's important to shine a light on these things, right? Mm -hmm. And to really kind of put things into perspective. Looking forward to the future, is there anything, any content, uh, things that you have planned that are going to be like a big shift in terms of your, you know, your stream or your brand or anything like that?
1: Yes. Some things I can't quite talk about yet. Um... There is some stuff that's going to be coming up with another uh, streamer friend of mine that will be quite a big, a big shift. And you'll know when it's happening, Um, but it's going to be Mm. very good. But in terms of like my own like personal stuff, I think, you know, there's more YouTube videos on the way. I'm actually going to be helping to film a new series that I'm starting on YouTube. That is going to be um, like a stream makeover series, yeah. Where I help help people who want to upgrade their setups, and essentially, you know, like a lot of people are like, "Wow, your setup's so cool!" So I was like, "Oh, why don't I use those skills of, you know, designing a good setup and start can I sign up now? People. Or like,
0: is it like a is there a form? Is it like an online <laughs> form that I can fill out? Hey, if you're interested,
1: <laughs> then I'm down to help. And definitely, yeah, yeah for sure. And like you know, I think doing it virtually is a is a way to work too. You know, I'll have like some requirements for things that you'll need to like film and stuff. Whether it's it mm-hmm. can just be like on your phone and stuff. And yeah, so um, gonna be filming that with a friend. Um, well, it's with it's with Isaac. Odd angles. We're gonna be doing. I think uh, I may
0: have kind of heard. I was I was in like his stream. Just mm-hmm. like I was lurking. I didn't actually announce my arrival. Mm. But then I think I heard. Obviously, I won't say what it is, and you'd have to say now. But like, not, well, I might have an inkling.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be a wicked, wicked video, I think, that we're gonna put together, and I'm hoping that it turns out. And you know, it's like finding the balance of that with like how much control I take over it, and this, because I'm happy that he's gonna be the first one I do this with, because then I can really figure that out. Um, and it might be different oh. for every person, but yeah, I'm hoping that this is gonna be the start of a series where I get to help people make their dream setups and Ooh. i kind of like you know it's it's their money it's their budget i'm literally just there to film it and help consult so okay
0: yeah i like it huh.
1: i've i've seen some people do similar things but yeah but
0: well, not to the level that you're gonna do it cast that's yeah, the magic exactly. you're gonna exactly. do it to insane levels yeah coming away from um from Twitch for a second let's talk about your general day to day when you watch streaming what are you currently playing in your off time Fortnite. <laughs> just Fortnite. is it just a lot of wall-to-wall fortnight nine to wall Fortnite, 9 to 5 pretty much
1: pretty much like i don't know like Fortnite. Is, uh, i think that's part of why i love it so much is because it's so easy to just like i mean it's not like super relaxing game but it's like you know at the end of the night when i'm like ready to wind down i'll just like hop on for a couple rounds with some friends and yeah, it's okay. a good way to end my night, and that's kind of what I do.
0: Okay, and that's literally it. There's no like, single player games. It's all I kind mean, of mainly.
1: I really don't have a lot of time to do anything else, but if I had the time, I would probably be playing some more like Pokemon and stuff. I still have to finish Legends Arceus. And yeah, I just have. I've actually made a list the other day and posted it in my Discord of all of the games that are backlogged. <laughs> That okay, i have right and i'm like what guy <laughs> what do you guys want to see me play <laughs> uh, yeah because i'm I've like there's actually, so many games have i like... got you on
0: switch by the way have i got you on switch a have switch. i got you on switch uh, i don't think so have don't i don't think so i haven't thought about but on switch. My, i can send you my code yeah have to um and then play something yeah are you a mario kart
1: player because yep, i like mario, mario kart you are yep.
0: oh how good do you think about mario kart
1: oh um <laughs> i used to be better than i am now but i'm still pretty decent Okay, I'd
0: say we might have to test that theory and see. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, and I know that this past couple of weeks, there's been a lot. There's been a lot of things that's been that, that's been spoken about in terms of things that are coming out over the next, you know, next like six months up to a year. Yeah. Is there anything that you that 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 you've seen that you've got your eye on?
1: Yeah, there's a couple of couple of things. Um, obviously, like the new Pokemon game, I'm really excited about. Um, I'm like kind of excited, but also kind of feeling weird about the the new hogwarts legacy game i'm like excited yes. for it but over the mm. whole harry potter world situation with i mean she who must it's just not be named very it's weird just how like,
0: she's so yeah. she's just so shamelessly <laughs> like i just like i don't want to
1: support that but i'm a big fan of the series so it makes it mm. really really hard to be i don't know I, yeah i'm like still i think if i get it and specifically Mm. stream it i I mean i if i get it i will stream it and every i'm gonna donate everything from every stream to and match probably to like a trans rights organization because i just like oh yeah i don't know
0: man and for those who don't know what we're talking about we're gonna kind of just give them some context
1: (laughs) right Mm, yeah yeah jk rowling has come out with some very very awful things about um trans folks and it's just not not good and basically you know as a lot of it the people call her a turf which is trans exclusive radical feminism i believe that's what that stands for and essentially says that trans women are not real women and it's
0: Oh my Just god. not
1: like it's. It's not okay.
0: This is like this is, a, like, this is a, like 1950s. Like oh yeah. god, and that's
1: kind of where it stems from. It stems from like that radical feminism wave, and this, yeah, it's really really annoying and pisses me off a lot. And yeah, you know, I have a lot of trans and non-binary friends, and mm-hmm. yeah, so I, I think I need to have some conver- good conversations with a lot of my friends who are part Mm. of that community and just see what their thoughts are on that game because
0: it does sort of seem that even now there is a problem with kind of content with you know with like sexism or you know people being um not as accepting as they should be with people who obviously are from different you know from different beliefs and religions and things Mm -hmm. but then i just don't like it's weird because when you think about it you just think how could a person just but how can you think like that? I know that, you know, the two degrees, some people will say, oh, it's because how they're brought up. It's like, you're an adult. <laughs> you can think Mindsets in, you know, can you can't kind of think in any other ways, but they can.
1: And, you know, like, you know, I, I 100% agree kind of to that. Like, yes, you are raised a certain way and you're taught certain mm-hmm. things when you're younger. Yeah. But... Once you're able to think for yourself, you can be open-minded and learn more about other things and grow as a human being, you know? Well, like, Anyways. I mean,
0: that's a whole a other podcast, That's a whole other thing. a
1: whole other podcast. Games that I'm think. looking forward to, though. Yes,
0: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, some other ones
1: would be yes, go for it. uh, Stray. It's a PlayStation... Ooh. Five game where you get to play yes, as a kitty yes. cat. Mm-hmm. Like a, really Cyber like a cyberpunk-esque
0: world. world. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Very excited cool. Excited
1: about that. And most recently, I guess they just announced the new remake of The Last of Us, which I honestly have yet to play, but I have it. I own The Last of Us for PS4, uh, and I've never played it. But now that this remake is coming out, I might just sell that version and just play the remake.
0: <laughs> Wait, I think I may have missed that. Was a real... As in a remake of the first one?
1: Yeah, a remake of oh. the first
0: one. Oh, I how did They're I miss that? They're completely remaking that's, it. It
1: looks beautiful.
0: That's huge news! Mm-hmm. Oh my god, and 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 that looks so and that looks amazing on PS5 as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's coming out for PS5 um, and PC.
0: Started, oh, PC as well.
1: Ooh. Yeah. Oh goodness! Because
0: mm-hmm. like, it's pretty insane how. There are some games that look insane on PS5. I mean, Spider-Man oh, so many of them. has to be one of them. Yeah. Spider-Man looks so good. Mm-hmm. And Demon Souls looks incredible, even though that obviously isn't everyone's the but like it, it, it but like it's insane just how far things have come and actually how close console is getting to PC in terms of like fidelity and things or for a neat price of like what like 400 pound.
1: Honestly, yeah, like you know the the price of the PlayStation Compared to like and like, you know, I've always been big into fidelity in games, and uh, I think that's why I've always preferred consoles because they are optimized for those that situation. For, like, you know, they focus on fidelity more so. I would say, and ever since I got the PS Five, I'm just like, man, every game is just beautiful, and I love it Looks so much.
0: So good, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I still need to get a PS Five, but I think I've just
1: i was fortunate to get mine on launch so
0: oh you did uh, yeah. i heard this and i was very very sad about it i was like well that's unfortunate do you I have was, to like sit it in a queue lucky. or uh, just, just, no it's very lucky?
1: it was weird oh my like my God. friend messaged me and like we were both really excited about specifically the hogwarts legacy game um at the time because we saw like the trailer for it and stuff my friend messaged me and was like they're going on pre-sale like right now and like I was like, oh my god, what? And then like she got an email for it or something. And I went on to like Best Buy and somehow secured a PS five with like the headphones and the Miles Morales game in like five minutes and then they were sold out.
0: And that was just available for you. That is insane.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's yeah, I got the launch pre order, it was pretty crazy.
0: And now mm-hmm. is the issue obviously with Graphics and while they're still pretty extortionate. I mean I haven't checked they're in a while better, though. There aren't many things that I wouldn't do. Or a 3080. I'm not going to lie to you. Same. And it, and it probably gets pretty dark, you know? Probably did some very terrible things.
1: I know. I'm like, in that weird point... I mean, I don't have the money right now anyways, but I'm like, do I wait till the 40 series cards come out and upgrade then? This is the thing.
0: Like, this is this is the upgrader's problem. It's like, but there'll be a new card that's stronger than ever before. Yeah. I must have it.
1: At this point, oh, I mean, man. like, I'm probably not going to be able to afford to get a new graphics card till the new ones come out anyways, so...
0: What was the last game that you purchased? Whether last. it be on Steam, Switch, or whatever. The last game that you purchased.
1: Oh, gosh. I Honestly, I've, like, kind of had a bit of a break of playing, of, like, purchasing games. Okay. Um, but I think it was Lego Star Wars, maybe?
0: Nice. Okay. Yeah, Have you played that through yet? or?
1: I've played part of it. I've played okay. the f- episode four. Four and I started episode one, I think.
0: Um, and do you have any guilty gaming pleasures?
1: I mean, occasionally I'll get into some weird mobile games, but it like not really anymore. So I wouldn't really count that. I would probably say like Fortnite used to be a guilty pleasure.
0: Kind of, but well, now you are just so. But now I'm just so in love with like it,
1: it. <laughs> and I I'm, I will tell the world that I love Fortnite. But yeah, when I first started playing it, when I didn't really have any friends playing it. I was kind of like, oh, I actually like this, and everyone was like, oh, Fortnite's this like is not cool. great, like, it, it, sucks. Sucks. it sucks, and now I'm just like, no, it's good, it's a good game. What's
0: well, what sorts of mobile games did you play? Was it like Candy Crush and that sort of stuff, oh, or?
1: man, I don't even. Okay, you know, like you'd always see like at least I would always see these ads on like Instagram or something, where it was like you would like pull a pin out and it would like let like the lava like fall in you had to like make sure the person oh the i path. do
0: i know exactly what you mean
1: yeah and like so i played those when i was uh a couple of years ago when i was I was in the hospital for a while and i literally couldn't do anything with my arms so i just played those right. games on my phone <laughs> oh my god
0: yeah. well, i'm not sure what's worse be it in the hospital in the first place yeah. or, or having to play the save the person by pulling three pins <laughs> Oh god! <laughs> and are, like, the reason I know... why
1: I like I had my switch with me, but I had an IV in my hand, so I couldn't hold the switch properly. So oh, no. it was just like so that not... so
0: it was that or nothing, basically. Oh, yeah, exactly. Man. And um, so now this could be something either could be from Fortnite, it could be from either just games in general, or it could be something that devs do that annoys you. But what is a pet peeve when it comes to either a game in particular or games in general?
1: Honestly, like. I guess I just, I'm just not a big FPS person, which we kind of talked about earlier. And like, if a game is only in first person and doesn't have a third person option, it's like kind of, it kind of pisses me off because not everyone, not everyone likes FPS games.
0: Yeah. I want to just play the game, but I can't because I literally throw my guts up on on the floor every time I even look in that direction.
1: And I think that's what's deterred me from a lot of games is because I'm like, oh, I'm not going to be able to do that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Like, it does seem that the majority of kind of games are probably tend to be shooters, or at least first person. Yeah. With the exception of a few, but then in comes Fortnite. (laughs) Save the Day once again. The shining star of the gaming industry. And talking of Fortnite, now the magic of the free-to-play model is that they have to make money somehow. Isn't that right, Gus? Yeah. they have to make money somehow <laughs> so and Fortnite are very good aren't they at cosmetics and battle passes and all these wonderful things speaking of, sp- speaking uh. of that how much money have you spent on microtransactions because God, uh, we've had a range this. of people we've had um, a friend of mine called James on episode 2 we spent over £2,000 on FIFA we had uh-huh. um, Q Chef who spent I think it's about £30 so where do you sit on the on on the spectrum of shame for <laughs> Fortnite?
1: I've probably spent at least like two hundred dollars Canadian, maybe three hundred. That's not bad dollars Canadian. That's which not... I don't I don't know what that is in pounds. So I don't remember the conversion, but
0: mm. you know what? I'm gonna get that right now. I'm gonna go <laughs> two hundred. Can... That might be like like hundred and
1: fifty pounds, maybe.
0: I mean, that's hundred. Twenty-five pound, okay. which actually, for a game that you play so much, and a game that they love so much, that probably is about average. I'd say. I thought it'd be a lot yeah, higher than that because you, know, you like played so much, but you know.
1: And it comes and goes like there's waves of of it, but like now that I'm playing it more frequently, like I looked at how much I spent last month, and it was about a hundred dollars.
0: Oh, so have you added that? To the total? Yes, yes, or... that's
1: added to the total.
0: Why did you spend over a hundred pound last month?
1: There's did, just a lot just of good skins like <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> And and who were these skins? Yeah. Who were
1: they? Oh, um, a lot of the Marvel ones. uh Like they had, okay. uh, Scarlet Witch was in it, and okay. they had like some good Star Wars ones. I got Kylo Ren, and I got a Stormtrooper, and yeah i can't remember there's probably some good emotes that i wanted
0: i mean who needs to eat when you got skins because yeah. look at hey, the end you of the know, day i'm
1: not buying drugs or anything true
0: no, not yet fingers crossed uh, yeah. never know true <laughs> <laughs> you know. but you know
1: yeah it's it's yeah.
0: well you know what that more actually is as bad as what i'm I thought. happy to admit but you know it's
1: fine
0: yeah but, but that's a, i mean going. Mean, can you imagine spending two thousand on fifa because I was, oh, yeah, I was see, pretty shocked a lot. <laughs> when I heard James say that because um I mean in in Canadian that's like 3.2k Canadian on FIFA which I guess but this is the model and this is how they get you you know it, it, buying it like is, yeah. packs and stuff and gambling and whatever but and um, I me mean, of course I'd never endorse any kind of gambling of any sort because no, that's terrible no no I would never never <laughs> I would never think of such a thing uh, <laughs> Do you um watch any esports in, in your spare time?
1: Um I watch a little bit of like some of the competitive Fortnite stuff occasionally. Like the FNCS finals I watched a little bit and um they have like Twitch Rivals which are like more casual but there's still like some sort of prize pool to it but that's really it
0: do you um watch it feel really bad about yourself like i do because it's like wow they can do so much and i can do so little um (laughs) it's pretty insane right
1: i guess it's more so to just like learn and that's kind of like why i started watching some like bigger fortnite streamers too is just to be like okay like what are they doing to be good at the game and that's kind of how i got really into it and how i got better at it was because i was and that's the same with everything right like i'm just watching the professionals do it to be like okay like how can I learn these things? How can I be better at it?
0: How to crank like <laughs> how to yeah, crank, I to crank like I a still professional. Still don't know how to crank nineties. And <laughs> <laughs> um, in the current like Fortnite space, who are the kind of biggest? Because I know that there's um, Nick that he's like pretty big in the Fortnite space. But like, who else is kind of at the top of the Fortnite food chain? So yeah.
1: So there's Nick A Thirty is one of the biggest ones that I watch. He is actually from the same town that I live in, um, which is kind wait. So of funny. Like he lives, did he live there as well. He lives like you know, like 20 minutes away from me or something.
0: You just go knock on his door and be like, Hey, you want to collab? I mean, I don't know exactly <laughs> just where this is like, and I'm sure he just, wouldn't just, like just that at all. completely <laughs> rash.
1: But yeah, uh, he's, he's uh, also like family friendly and just like really, really kind person. Um, I mean, I still watch a lot of like some, occasionally I'll watch like Ninja and Cypher PK. Um, I know mm-hmm. Tfue has gotten back into it. But I don't really watch him though. Um, chica i watch chica a lot she's also canadian well puerto rican but lives in canada right now and uh great you know lgbtq streamer of fortnite uh loser fruit lachlan courage gd like there's a lot of big fortnite guys there's so many more that i like haven't even mentioned but yeah
0: now the um the cool part is that this is where you get put under pressure and I enjoy this part because before the podcast, I asked for you to pick out either like a game franchise that you that you are an expert in in quote marks, mm-hmm. and I will then put together some questions to test your n- knowledge on that subject. And naturally, you told me Spider Man, and yep, I have it. prepared some questions. Are you ready?
1: I guess so. Let's see how we do.
0: The first one is honestly it's not great and and good luck to you but actually it might be okay which comic book did spider-man first appear in was it
1: oh sorry you have options okay yep oh go for it
0: tales to astonish amazing fantasy amazing spider-man or marvel tales
1: amazing fantasy
0: amazing Fantasy. is that your final answer
1: that's my final answer are you sure? Yes.
0: I'm, I'm going to give you a chance to change it, but are you certain?
1: Yes. Why I, Why should I not be?
0: It is amazing fantasy. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> Easy. I was like, I'm nice. very confident in this answer. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think, but maybe I've underestimated the, uh, the power of Cass. Mm. Okay. Question number two. Who was the, the first supervillain the Spider-Man ever encountered? Was it Terrible Tinkerer, Doctor Octopus, Supercharger, or the Green Goblin?
1: Uh, I'm going to say Doc Ock, but I'm not certain on that, but that's going to be what okay. I say.
0: Unfortunately, yeah, it wasn't Doc Ock, it was actually Supercharger in The Amazing Fantasy issue number 18. Hmm. <laughs> Now I'm now I'm kind of starting to think that these are all very comic bias, and that might be unfair to you. Now, really think about it. But the first one was right, so actually we might still be able to call it back. But unfortunately, it wasn't indeed supercharger.
1: All right, good to know.
0: One for one, we're still on. We're still on. Question three: What supervillain kidnapped and murdered Peter Park Peter Parker's girlfriend Gwen Stacy? Electro, the Rhino, Green Goblin, Doctor Octopus,
1: Green Goblin.
0: That was a, that was a very concise answer. Are you sure, Yes. It is the Green Goblin in the Amazing Spider-Man One Two One. Green Goblin kidnapped Peter Parker's then girlfriend Gwen Stacy and dropped her off a bridge. Yep. How wonderful! How nice. Peter <laughs> tried to save her, but but then um, but when is were being caught Gwen. the whiplash broke her neck and she died instantly what a cheery way to <laughs> um okay question yeah. four two for one they're looking good question four which character bullied peter parker in high school was it robbie robertson j jonah jameson biff tannon or flash thompson
1: flash thompson
0: it was flash thompson flash thompson was a star football player who mercilessly bullied his high school classmate Peter, but admired Spider-Man and Irony, which took the superhero um to a new level. Very nice, Cass. Very impressive. Thank you. I have. Um, I have two more to go. Okay. Okay, okay. And so far, we're looking pretty good. And prison five. When Spider-Man was first offered place in the Avengers, he was required to catch. What super-powered being, as a test, was it? Kang the Conqueror, the Wasp, Doctor Doom, or the Hulk?
1: Oh God, yeah, um, yeah. I I really. I mean, don't know. It kind of makes sense. It
0: it, just... I, it kind of makes sense to be the Wasp, right? Because surely they wouldn't say catch a bad guy. Surely they would just say catch. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I was, gonna, I was I was gonna say the wasp,
0: but then you're thinking, oh, actually, that's that's far too simple. It couldn't possibly be that. Mm.
1: God, I don't know, man. I'll just yeah, I'll say. What, what are the stab. options again? Is Doctor Doom, the Wasp, and the the, Hulk, yes. and Kang. Mm. Kang,
0: Kang the Conqueror?
1: Yeah, I'll just say the Wasp and take my loss. <laughs>
0: It wasn't the wasp, unfortunately. It was the Hulk. Oh. Now, see, that was tough. That was that. still but in the Amazing Spider-Man Annual Number Three, Spider-Man was offered membership if he could capture the Hulk, who was um, apparently had gone rogue during that time.
1: Mm, see, that was going to be my second option. Dang,
0: I know, right? What a crazy coincidence that is. <laughs> um, last, last, but certainly not least, question um, six: What did Spider-Man bring home from the first? Secret Wars. Does that make any sense to you whatsoever? If not, I'll pick a different one.
1: Yeah, pick a different one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, okay. This is simple, but might by some miracle catch you out. What colour is the hair of Mary Jane Watson? Is it red, black, blonde, or brown? It's red. Is it red? It is red... That's, you know what, the home run at the end is send us through, but that that brings you out with a total of um, a, a four, correct and two incorrect, which actually, bear in mind, those are pretty unfair based on the context of the main comics. I'd say that was still pretty impressive, but thank you Thanks. for participating. And um, yeah, the knowledge yeah, you is... You know what, um...
1: I've, I read some of the comics, but I'm not, uh, you know, well-versed. In all of the yes. Spider-Man
0: comics. Well, next time, next time, you must read every issue of it ever. And that way you'll be perfectly prepared.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's the
0: mission. That's the mission. So I wanted to obviously give you a moment as well to obviously, just so you can sort of plug your platforms and just tell, you know, give people a reminder as to ask kind of who you are and, and where they can find you. But I'll give you a minute just to kind of plug your bits and bobs. So you're crazy.
1: Sweet, yeah, if you if you want to check out, you know, a variety streamer that loves Spider-Man and is queer and is an overall happy and nice person, um, you can check me out on Twitch, twitch.tv slash castleman. I'm also on YouTube uh, making lots of tech videos that are helping gamers, streamers, music creators, uh, and more. And that is also youtube.com slash Man. And I'm also on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter and all those other good places. Same username everywhere. So that's it. Okay.
0: Happy with that. So thank you. Thank you for being on. It's been wonderful to have you, Cass. I really enjoyed getting to sit down and talk. And thank you for those who have got this far into the, into the podcast. And thank you for listening. Thank you for your continued support. And I will catch you guys in the next one. Bye-bye. Bye.